Welcome to Rugged Theology, where we talk about church planting, theology, and drink coffee. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode here of Rugged Theology. Before we get into it, just a bit of a disclaimer that this topic is a heavy topic and, you know, the 40 odd minutes or so that we talk about this doesn't know, doesn't in no way um, do the topic justice. If you have experienced church hurt um, in any way, then we encourage you to seek out um, help to surround yourself with godly people and you'll hear that in this podcast. Uh, but we just want to give you a heads up. This is a heavy matter, and we, in no way, claim to have a to have you know covered this extensively. But just here's a, we think this is a great um, intro into this topic, and you know some real practical ways for how you can deal with church hurt and even help others deal with it. Um, so with that said, let's get into it. Welcome to another episode of Rugged Theology. I'm Adam Diamond. I am a church planter candidate with Ma One Mission. Uh, and today I have a group of people with me, so I'll just let them introduce themselves. Right next to me, we have... Uh, Steve Daw. I'm the Director of Education for Mile One Mission. Steve Bray, the sequel of Steve Daw. I am the Executive Director of Mile One Mission and the Lead Elder at Calvary Baptist Church. And I'm Matt Leahy. I'm a church planter for Mile One and uh, planting Kilbride Community Church. Well, welcome, guys. And Steve Bray, I have to say, usually the sequel isn't not as good as the original. No, so. in this case... It's just as good anyway. Steve, did that hurt your feelings? What? <laughs> well, we're talking about church hurt today. I was oh, yeah, say that's that. right. I'm hurt. Oh, I'm that out. was so I'm out. good. I'm leaving. I'm out. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a good... You know what, Matt? I'm glad I'm you here. said that because that's a great segue into <laughs> what our topic will be for today. But no, uh, we do have a bit more of a serious topic today. Mm. Um, today, we're going to be talking about church hurt. Um, and... Uh, yeah, there's a lot. There's a history of people being hurt by the church. There's scandals. There's all kinds of things, and I'm sure we will touch on that um, as the episode goes on. Um, but I'm glad to have you guys here, and that we can have an you know hopefully an open, uh, an honest conversation about what it's like to be hurt by the church, um, and how do we deal with that, and you know why is there even hurt in the church? Uh, so to get started, guys, um, I just want to ask you. Um, first off, we should probably define what we mean by church hurt. So uh, who wants to take that one? Like, what do we mean when we usually say church hurt? Well, um, colloquially speaking, it's usually referring to any hurt that somebody feels and that they attribute to the church. Um, mm-hmm. So that could be any number of things. Well, I mean, people tend to have uh, an idea in their head about what it means to be hurt by the church. Um, unfortunately, it's probably going to depend on the background of your church and the kind of hurt we're talking about. But yeah, it can mean a whole bunch of different things. And sometimes this hurt can be legitimate or sometimes it can be, you know, just in your head, we'll say. (laughs) Well, yeah, I I think there's lots of categories, right? I mean, for some people, especially here in Newfoundland and Labrador, they might say their denomination hurt them or failed them. Other people are talking about a pastor or a leadership team hurt them, failed them. Others are talking about somebody in a church, a failed relationship, or somebody hurt mm-hmm. them. And then you get into the coming at it from the other angle, which is, especially for us as a church planning ministry, you could be talking about pastors who feel they've been hurt, whether it's been a senior pastor or a youth pastor, or a young pastor feels that he was taken advantage of or something like that, or a church turned on 
him or, you know, the denomination again failed them. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of categories. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I think the, the common denominator of them all is that the person or couple or family that feels they've been hurt by the church struggles with the idea of how could or how can the place that I thought I should be able to go, which was the safest place, the place that was supposed to bring me close to God, is the place where I feel I was failed the most, taken advantage the most, or hurt the most. Hmm. So we have a a wide variety of people, people who attend churches, even pastors, Mm -hmm. who have been hurt by churches or church groups or denominations, as you said. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, that it's church hurt is real, is is different. Like, what what do you guys think makes church hurt so different than regular hurt? Well, two thoughts just off the bat is it's uh, unrealistic expectations and an improper understanding of sin, to be honest. And so we we oftentimes um, elevate people inside the church to a higher pedestal than what they're given, what they're supposed to be on, Mm -hmm. right? Like when you look at just how impacting sin is across the board, we're all the products of, uh, of, of sin and, and the, the ramifications of that. And so, uh, you know, sometimes people might look at their pastor or their elders or leaders inside a church as being impervious or above sin. And so there's that, different expectation of, of who these leaders are and that can manifest into an improper thinking, improper outlook to them. Yep. That boils down to even a terminology, which I think, you know, in evangelical circles, we, we give lip service that we don't agree with, but I think we inadvertently project, which is the whole idea of clergy and laity as if there's yeah. a division and mm-hmm. therefore, you know, in our world, we have things like celebrity pastors and, you know, our great book writers and stuff like that. And, and look, guys, we could spend the whole rest of the podcast talking about all of the black eyes on that. The one thing I, I do think it's important to, or as we even start this is church hurt, I think, should be almost classed in two categories in the sense of there is church hurt, which is real, real grotesque sin, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, somebody has been sexually molested or taken advantage of sexual harassment, abuse, physical abuse, um, these types of things. I mean, we're we're talking about you need to go to jail for your crime. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't want to ever belittle that, minimize it. Uh, Now, I do think we have something to talk about here around this table amongst ourselves to the people who have experienced that, Mm -hmm. but I don't want to even call into question that that is not a perception issue that like, that's just sin crime that needs to be dealt with. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. And to be clear, the reason for that being so devastating is again, it can be because of a false understanding of what things are, but there's also a sense in which within the church, I mean, we are brothers and sisters in Christ we do uh, believe ourselves to be a community. We do expect to be able to be open and honest, at least with some people in the church. And, you know, well, we are sinners. People do get things wrong. And so, but it will hurt more when, you know, you've kind of associated that with Jesus Christ. Yeah. So um, church hurt, you know, it's it's so personal. Uh, church is a place where we we craft, we create friendships. Um, we're vulnerable with, with one another. Um, we grow to know each other as brothers and sisters. 
Uh, scripture just describes as the body of Christ, you know, so that's a very close knit family. You're, you're a family, and that's why it can hurt so much sometimes. Absolutely. Actually, most times it, it hurts so much because it's so close to you, to your heart, to your family. Uh, so let's, let's keep this conversation going. Uh, and a lot of the lines that, you know, sin being we're sinners and that, I mean, you know, I, I think people would often ask, like, if church is where God is and God is loving, then why has there been so much hurt? Like, if church is supposed to be a safe place, a place of love, of, you know, um, some people would say acceptance, uh, then why do we find so much hurt there? Well, again, I, I just want to make sure we're classing everything as we get into that question. Because mm-hmm. we, we talked about this first category, which is real sin. I mean, right. there's just no debate. But a lot of the church hurt that I think we're going to talk about yep. in relationship to church planting, mm-hmm. being in a church, in an evangelical church, and all that kind of stuff, is also sin. But we're talking more about relational breakdowns, mm-hmm. where, whether yep. it's the pastor's view of the church or he got backstabbed by the leadership team or the deacon's board, <coughs> excuse me, or the church feels like they had a dictator pastor that was in it for the money or in it for the power or, you know, or it's relations inside the church. And again, it's funny because one class is people in authority or inside of a church sin against other people. But then there's the church hurt of you know, I did something wrong mm-hmm. and how the church then turned on me yeah, or how I was treated, whether I was shunned or I didn't live up to the expectations of the church. So I just want to be clear that for our listening audience, we do ha- have and understand, <coughs> excuse me, these categories. So that can bleed into, I think, the second part of your question. Yeah. So again, for anyone listening, like we completely think anyone who has been who has molested someone, who has sexually assaulted someone, or any sort of assault should be, <coughs> you know, charged and in jail and should, Absolutely. you know, yeah, like it, it's a horrible, horrible sin. And to be blunt about it, the church should be the first people, you know, being clear that this needs to be accountable. addressed. Yeah. Right. It needs to be addressed. Yeah, it shouldn't be swept under the rug or try to justify or no. Yeah, it, it's yeah. it should be addressed head on that this is not, we do not stand for this. We do not tolerate this at all. But of course, that's the first reason why this sometimes happens in the church because of the presence of God. It's because, in a lot of cases, we can uh, we can have the desire to I don't know look positively on people who are in fact predators mm-hmm. who end up in the church. Right. They seek out to find ways to get close to children or to vulnerable people, and the church is a great way to do that. And Sometimes we in the church can be a little bit too naive about the fact that there are people who are going to try to do that. And I mean, contextually and unfortunately, this is something that rocked Newfoundland society back in the 70s with Cashel. So, I mean, this is... Well, it's still ongoing. No, that's right. I think the last case was... Just wrapped up, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so this is what you have. So you have sexual scandals in the church, abuse, neglect, you know, all these types of things. But then you have all these other things. So back to your question, um, and then Steve, as you were talking about, one of the confusions we have is, and again, you you really unlocked Pandora's box in the sense of... Sorry. No, I think it's, it's fair. And this is what we need more, I think, more podcasts like this so our general audience out there can understand. We hear words like the gospel when we preach in evangelical church and we talk about God forgives anybody. There's not any sin, any sinner that God cannot love and forgive. And so we hear that. And the reason why I think predators have exploited 
churches, why churches have not taken definitive stands in dealing with sin Mm -hmm. is because we confuse what love and forgiveness looks like in the face and consequences of sin, especially sin that is clearly marked out even in our law as being against the law. So can a guy who has raped or abused or or whatever, or a woman has done that, can they be forgiven of God? Absolutely. Can they be saved? For sure. It does not mean though that they can't not and should not and must still face the consequence of their sin judiciously. Yeah, there are still consequences to your actions. And of course, as a church, we also do need to make sure that we're both uh, I mean, forgiving and loving, but also wise. Right, yeah. I mean, the fact is, you can't really have somebody who has been, uh, I don't know, conf- convicted of pedophilia re- leading the children's ministry. Mm. Oh. Which, which is why I'm grateful now for like, you know, uh, groups like Plan to Protect. Oh, yeah. Um, and yeah. Uh, we have these in place in our churches now um, so that you're aware of, you know, grooming habits. You're aware of these uh these tricks or these motives of that people can use and how to properly be around children. It's really sad yep. that it's come to that point, but we do want to protect the people within the yeah, walls. And, of our and taking it a step further with the recent scandals of Ravi Zacharias and others, mm-hmm. we're also learning that it doesn't matter who you are, accountability and tra- uh, transparency and integrity are not something just completely exclusive to your internalness. It is meant to be done in community. And so when it gets to if if the church is where God is and God is loving, then why has there been so much hurt? I mean, one of the answers is what Matt was talking about is, again, it, a church is not where all the perfect people go. It's actually meant to be the collection of where all the imperfect people go. Yep. It is a collection of sinners. But um, there are things that we put in place to kind of, listen, you're going to face hurt in the church just by virtue of who we are as sinners. But there are things we put in place to kind of mitigate that and to, you know, work through it. Like, like Steve, you're saying with Ravi Zacharias, there's the accountability mm-hmm. that we put into place upon uh, not only our, our elders and our leaders, but with each other. That's the, the virtue of the church family. There's the, we follow the biblical commandment to confess our sins to one another. And so there are things that we put in place that can, you know, uh, you're, like I said, you're never going to avoid it, but make it easier to walk through right. the, the church hurt. So, yeah. Um, so people, again, will say that God is loving, you know, God is love, you know, probably much more of emphasis on one of God's attributes over the rest of his attributes, which you can't separate from each other. But anyways, mm-hmm. um, they, they feel like, you know, churches, you know, should just accept everyone or, you know, you should be completely safe. But if we're saying that there's imperfect people, um, we'll probably never likely get rid of church hurt. No, and I mean, this is going to be one of the other problems that we have. The fact is, church hurt, well, hurt is kind of a universal. Yeah. Thank you, Steve. Yeah, there you Thank go. you, yeah. <laughs> like, you can't avoid it. It's it, one of the negative things. Uh, I mean, the, the problem that we have in our society is that, or actually in ourselves, is that we tend to imagine that we ourselves are completely without blame and that everything that we can do is is because of somebody else's sin. And the problem is, we're almost always right that the, that some level of it can be placed on other people. If I want to, you know, blame somebody else for my sin, I can. The problem is going to be, though, that I can then try to find ways to, I don't know, get it accepted by the church. And, mm. and because it's in the church, I mean, it mm. doesn't change the fact that 
it's made up of sinners, and hurt is going to be universal. In fact, I'd almost say that one of the reasons that it hurts the most is because church is the place where God meets with us and where we do feel the real love of God. And when yeah. we do feel the real love of God, mm. it's so it feels so betraying to be hurt there. But I can almost guarantee you, you will be hurt by the church. Yeah, and, and again, you know, this what sad irony is church has been a place where too many people that have been abusers, where they've hid, yeah. groomed, all that kind of stuff, and somehow have gotten away with it. And then yet on the other areas of sin where there's people just failing in day-to-day -day life, whether it's their marriages, relationships, sexual purity, in the sense of just making wise choices in relationships, money, alcohol, drugs, you know, embarrassment, loss of job. And, and, and those have been, I think, the source of many overreactions and church hurt that has really, really, really caused an awful lot of struggle. So this has been the double whammy of church hurt. It's almost like the world looking in and even a lot of Christians or professing Christians are going, how do all these gross sins seem to get, you know, people get away with it. Mm -hmm. And then everybody's got a story of a friend that, you know, went out and got drunk or did this or did that. And then they've got a story. I was kicked out of camp. I was shunned from my Bible, my Christian school. I didn't marry the right person or my, my, my daughter got pregnant and nobody in the church spoke to them anymore and, and so on and so forth. And it's a weird misapplication of the gospel, I think, all around. Yeah. Hmm. And, and I mean, that's going to be the ultimate problem. It's because we are all sinners. We are all going to have a huge mess of things. I mean, we we in the church, I mean, the only way we can really mitigate this is to make sure that we are clear about the fact that, first of all, we love like Christ loved. That's right. But second of all, we love in truth like Christ loved. Yeah. So that means that we're going to have to actually deal with the real issues. Mm. And again, I think our, our, our listening audience needs to realize Jesus loves you just as you are, but he loves you so much he never leaves you as you are. Mm. And he loves you knowing everything about you, but he loves you enough to tell you the truth about you. Yeah. M moving on, um, with, with church, we, you know, there's, there's sins in, in the church. We're, 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 still, we're, we're still sinners saved by grace. Uh, we're growing in maturity in our Christian walk and our faith. Um, we're not perfect. We got that down. Um, does not excuse the hurt that happens. Uh, we need we need to you know face that head on and uh, so let's let's move on to that. How do we help people heal? And what does that look like? Whether it be pastors who have been hurt, you no, know, the lady who have been hurt, the, your congregation members, um, or you know anyone else who has experienced some sort of hurt in the church, whether it be your fault or maybe even just your, your leadership. How how do we come alongside our brothers and sisters who have that hurt and that burden that they likely bear? Mm. So just thinking it through here, you, you know, I think there's, it's a two part response, right? So they're the things that we can do at an individual level. Uh, you know, let's bring people back to the word of God. Let's pray over them. Let's point them to Christ. And so there, there are the things you can recommend resources and just people you can't see this now, but my buddy, Steve, he's got like a thousand books in front of him <laughs> uh, for resources. And so I'll let him read out some of those, but then it like, it goes back even further. It's what is the, the leadership of the church? What are the elders? How are they modeling uh, to the church body 
what the right response is when it comes to dealing with church hurt. Uh, so you're teaching it from the pulpit. What's what's the the word say about how do we deal with with you know sin and forgiveness and reconciliation? And then part two is how are we actually acting that practically in our daily lives? So yeah, I just kind of say that uh, also when it comes to actually manage. Well, first of all, I'd say that the first thing that we need to do within the church when it comes to church hurt is to manage it to make sure that we are not the ones who are, uh, you know, exacerbating the problem. Mm. That's going to require consistency. It's going to require truth. It's going to require gentleness. Accountability. Yeah. Accountability. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I think, so let's step back here too and let, let our people know we're not practitioners of, of just the theoretical and the abstract here. There's four of us here. Every one of us has actually been hurt by the church, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. whether it's individually as a church member, as a pastor, but now I'm just, you know, but maybe going to embarrass you guys. And let's also be honest. We've also hurt people in the church. All four of us have, we have failed someone mm-hmm. broken a promise, not followed through, been misunderstood in it, whether inadvertent or avertent. We've hurt people and we've been hurt. So I just want to tell everybody I'd be the first one to tell you, nobody has hurt me like people in the church. I'm just going to say that, but I'm, I want to follow that up very quickly. And no one has loved me like people in the church. And that, that's, that's key there, as having people around you who you can go to with right. your hurt. And I just think we need to understand mm-hmm. because, and the reason for that is because we are family. Even the world has expressions, you hurt the ones you love. You know, I've been, I've been married almost 30 years to my childhood sweetheart. She is God's gift to me in life. And Debbie and I have horrifically hurt each other and just amazingly loved each other. I have three children. I have a daughter-in-law. I have grandchildren. And it is a tale of the best of times, the worst of times. And that is true inside the church. Step two we need to make sure that Christians understand the difference between forgiveness and reconciliation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Forgiveness is a one-way street. Forgiveness is me forgiving someone, um, and that doesn't mean I've let them off. It doesn't mean that I that you know I haven't given them over to God. It doesn't mean that I don't follow through on certain things, depending on what the offense was. Reconciliation requires two parties. Right. It does. It yeah. It requires those two parties to come together. It requires. Um, some repentance, some acknowledgement, absolutely acknowledgement, it does. acknowledgement absolutely. of wrong, yeah. Um, and also that forgiveness part, it it can often take time. Yeah, you know, and, you know, sometimes we can read the scripture. You know, if you don't forgive someone, as a father forgives you, then you know, I, I you know, he won't forgive you, or however yeah. it goes. But uh, but here's the kicker, though, with forgiveness. Wait, no, Matt. Wait, no, Matt. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Wait a second. Have we got some church hurt here? Uh, uh, sorry, <laughs> I'm hurt now. <laughs> but. It takes time. It doesn't mean that, you know, I don't think God's so ruthless in this that he's just like, now you need to forgive that person right now or I'm not going to forgive you. Mm-hmm. Um, Christ has, wit- has experienced everything that we've experienced. I mean, he was betrayed by one of his closest friends, you know, one of his disciples. And I'm not saying that Jesus took, had to take time to forgive him, but he understands what it's like to be deeply hurt. Absolutely. And for us to have to wrestle with that. And how to come to terms with it. How do I forgive this person? Mm. How, how do I love them as a father loved me? So here, here's the kicker with forgiveness, right? So you have no choice if you're a disciple. If you're a disciple of Christ, you must forgive the person who has hurt you. 
And that's hard to swallow. Yeah. Now it's going back to what Adam said, you know, that might not happen for a while, but like you must as a Christian forgive the one. Right. But just yeah. again, so our listening audience, again, as evangelicals, we're not saying to the abused wife that you must forgive your abusive husband and then just stay there. Uh, that's right. We're that not is promoting. not no. what no. we are saying. Well, and of course that gets to the difference between forgiveness and reconciliation. Right. And I'm going to say that re- uh, forgiveness is only one side. I forgive. The yeah. Blue right. Reconciliation isn't, isn't always just two parties. <laughs> that's true too. Like for example, with the abuse, uh, with the abused wife, I'm going to be blunt here on a couple of, a couple of things. He has sinned against, the wife. Mm-hmm. He has sinned against his friends mm-hmm. and family. He has sinned against, if he's a part of a church, the church. That's right. He has sinned against God. That's mm-hmm. right. And depending on the, the severity, he's sinned against the, the, the society itself. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's all. And all of those have to be dealt with before reconciliation can happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And church, we're, I guess where it's so personal, it, again, it takes that time. It takes, you know, you're working through that process. Sometimes there's grief involved, sometimes there's anxiety. Uh, some anger? people anger. Some people even get PTSD because mm-hmm. um, depending on how severe the hurt is and how you know personal it is. Um, but as, as human beings, one we need it doesn't mean that you have to turn away from the church. Um, you can still have brothers and sisters who can help you point you towards Christ, help you have that you know level approach to the gospel to who you are in Christ, not just because you know what so-and-so said or a pastor or a leader said or even for a pastor you know again point yourself to christ or scripture and you know know who christ says you are not who your but, church said you were or. but this is the beauty of scripture mm-hmm. all right psalm fifty-five, twelve. david lays this out for us right and if you're ever going to have a guy that you can take as a model of someone who is hurt betrayed taken advantage of all that kind of stuff who also had his own share of sin and betrayal and all these things. Mm, But this is what makes church hurt. When we're talking about now pastors who feel they've been attacked or let down church people that feel like leaderships let that, that let that down in the relational issue. I love this Psalm for it is not an enemy who taunts me. Then I could bear it. Right. Cause I know who my enemies are. Right. It is not an adversary who deals insolent with me. You know, someone that I can see coming, then I could hide from him. I know what, you know, when my enemy's coming at me saying, I'm, I'm your enemy, but it is you, a man, my equal, my companion, my familiar friend. We used to take sweet counsel together within God's house. We walked in the crowd mm-hmm. and this is what makes church hurt so raw. Mm. If you are a pastor and you feel like you have tried your very best to example Christ, preach the word, love, shepherd the flock, and all these things. And then you get betrayed by a leadership board or denominational hierarchy, you know, pulls the rug out from beneath you, or the church congregation or conglomerate rise up and they discount everything you've worked at. This is the way you feel, mm-hmm. Psalm 55, right? If you're the church person who feels that, you know, I didn't live up to everybody's standards, I could never break into the cliques, people scarlet lettered me, I, I, I fell, I committed adultery, I cheated, I, yeah. got, I got gambling issues, and, and then all of a sudden I was second class and all, and this is what someone is feeling. And this is why for me, for all of the mental illness and all of the things we go through, the hope of the gospel, like your Bible is written and it takes all these things into account. There's places for you to go mm-hmm. and you can read these things and go, oh, this is, this makes it more than abstract. Now I, I've got something I can cling to and go, Lord, that's what I 
feel. That's what I'm going through. Absolutely. And then, Matt, as you said, forgiveness is there. I mean, the great example of that, though, is because Christ has suffered. Father, forgive them. Right. Right Right from the cross, right from the Savior's lips, right? And also, you know, while we were still enemies, God loved us. Right. Right? And when we quote these verses, we're not minimizing our pain. No, no, this isn't just to you know, throw things at you. Now you have to be all better. No, this is for you to wrestle with, right. to struggle with, to allow the Holy Spirit to work in your heart and allow you to grow. Yep. And that growth is painful. Facing your own pain and you know, coming to terms whether you need some sort of Christian counseling or you know, some biblical counseling or you know, pa- yeah. another pastor counseling you, or you need someone to help you work with it. Facing that pain is hard and it's well painful. Yeah. You know, it's actually quite quite funny. We're talking about it. You know, David's talking about the hurt that he's feeling. But go to the New Testament. Look at Philippians when Paul's like, "I encourage you." I can't say that name. You audience and Tiki. Did I say that right? Okay, no, you didn't say that right, but keep going. <laughs> right? These are two ladies who are having it out with each other, and they're experiencing hurt themselves. It was like, have the same mind, work it through, forgive each other, and reconcile each other, right? Yeah, and I mean, this is going to be part of what it's going to be requiring when we deal with church hurt and with our own church hurt. If I am church hurt, the first thing I'm going to need is... Well, I'm going to need to turn to the Word of God. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to need to turn to preferably a church that actually preaches the Word of God and is going to be willing to be held to it. Because, mm-hmm. again, uh, it's the only way I'm going to be able to, you know, bring this, have this kind of thing dug down deep into my heart. Yeah. And w- one thing we may have to come to face with is that, you know, likely you've played some role, whether small or big, yep. whether you're at a guilty party or not. You played some role, and there's still some part for you to own on yourself. And some of that part may be you simply allowed it to happen. And healing, and, and healing is time. Like again, I don't want our audience to think that we're just four guys who've had a skittles life. Uh, you know, Matt, you're here. You, your, your family's experienced denominational church hurt, like yeah, real absolutely. betrayal, right? Yep. I have been. I've been run out of a church. I've been shunned by a church. I've been kicked out of a home that was owned by a church. Uh, I mean, I could spend hours here on this podcast outlining all the ways church has hurt me, Mm -hmm. used me, whatever. I I mean, I'm not, I'm not a salesman here. I'm a client. Steve has experienced it denominationally, individually, pastorally. You've experienced it, Adam, on a pastoral level, all all these things, right? So we, we have all experienced this, but this is the beauty of the word of God. And I have, I'm, I'm not, I don't want to be, uh, I don't want to give our, our audience a false impression. I've been angry and bitter. I have yelled into the sky at night to God and said, why this is not fair. I have done all those things. I have wanted to be anywhere but a church. And yet God, by going to God, going into his word, patiently, long suffering, loving and merciful and gracious, gentle and lowly. God has always walked me back Mm. to him and Mm. to the church because on the flip side, I have been prayed for and loved and supported and surrounded and given chance after chance after chance by men and women, broken men and women in the church. Biblically, again, let me bring it back to the Bible. I think this is why Jesus... And Matthew 5 tells you, if you're going to church and you're worshiping and you're all you and Jesus and you're into it and you remember you've hurt somebody, Mm. stop your worship and go make things right with the one you've hurt. The flip side, Matthew 18, Mm. 
If you're there going, I've been hurt by somebody, Jesus says, you go to the person who's hurt you. I find it fascinating. Jesus, in just, you know, from chapter five in the Sermon on the Mount to chapter 18 with the disciples, puts the onus on both the hurt and the hurter to say, go to the other one and make it right. Yep. Now, of course, uh, and this is the Bible is not actually a fairy tale either, right. because it keeps talking about the ways that if it doesn't work, there are things that are going right. to, because the fact is, sometimes you are hurt by unrepentant people. And I'm going to be open about this. Sometimes the church has unrepentant sinners in yeah. positions of authority and power. It just does. And unrepentant sinners in the pew. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I think this is the other thing. We fairy tale the Bible and go, okay, if two plus two equals four, so if I do this and they do that, then voila. Yeah, if you're both submitting to Scripture and you're both filled with the Spirit, but when you do everything right and it still all goes wrong, and you know— And sometimes will all right, go wrong. And mm -hmm. you, you still have Jesus as your Savior— God as your father, the spirit indwells you, Amen. and there are still brothers and sisters in Christ. And that's why I have all these books, because I do believe we need to go to the Bible. But like little things like Ed Welch's book, When People Are Big and God is Small, and I love this, Overcoming Peer Pressure, Codependency, and the Fear of Man. Like, I just want people out there to know, no matter what you've experienced, if you go to God's word and you you seek counsel, Solomon said there's safety in a multitude of counselors, mm -hmm. you can find resources. Chris Bond's book, Unpacking Forgiveness. And I love this, right? Biblical answers for complex questions and deep wounds. Ms. McConnell's book, The Creaking Under the Stairs. stairs. Uh, yeah. Just, yeah. Right? If people are wondering about peacekeeping, like there's a great book by Ken Sandy called The Peacemaker, a biblical guide to resolving bib uh, personal conflict. One of my favorites that's really helped me is called People Pleasing. No, right? Pleasing People. Pleasing People. Yeah. Sorry, how not to be an approval junkie without becoming arrogant and nasty, right? The, another one is Loving Well, Even If You Haven't Been by William P. Smith. And then this one here, I would say to pastors, if you're out there as a young pastor, if you bite and devour one another, Biblical Principles for Handling Conflict by Alexander Strout. Mm -hmm. Those are just a sample. Guys, these are just, it's a scratch in the amount of resources that are out there. I think another one that we could toss in is a pastor and his critics. Oh, absolutely. Right? And so that's another one. Like we just read through that as a, as a mile one mission team. And it, it talks about, you know, dealing with criticism, both constructive and construct, mm -hmm. constructive and destructive. Yep. Yep. Um, and, and, and how we, we deal with it and then how we, you know, ultimately go to forgiveness and reconciliation and all yep. that kind of good stuff. And so. And how you give it. And yeah, <laughs> how you give right. it, right? Because this is, this is the other thing that we have to recognize. Oh, one of the problems that we're going to have to face is that the hurt is not only something that's going to happen. It's sometimes necessary. <laughs> the simple fact is I do stupid things that need to be rebuked. You really do. No. <laughs> Thanks, Adam. That, was that constructive <laughs> criticism or destructive criticism? I don't know, but I couldn't pass up that chance. But we all do. Absolutely. Honestly, we, we all do. Like Steve said at the beginning, Steve Bray, we, we've, we've all experienced our own type of hurt, um, but we've all hurt people. Yeah. We are not excluded from that. Um, and when we say, you know, it takes time and no people around you, like that's from experience. Mm. That's from trying to reconcile the gospel with their own pain in my heart, reconcile how the fact that God forgave me a sinner and loved me while still an enemy, but yet 
I would dare say I can't forgive that person and reconciling with that in my heart and how, how to bring those emotions to God, yeah. how to bring those emotions to uh, trusted brothers around me and, you know, e- even some sisters around me and yeah. say like, you know, here's what I'm dealing with. Help me make sense of this because it's hard. Yeah. And of course, uh, even when I am being a putz, having mm-hmm. the people who love me and care for me and having the willingness to actually work through my pain and my hurt and actually see what God is saying to me through it. Yeah. You know, and again, guys, listen, you talked about it. Here's a, here's one of the big problems I think we have in our modern world with church mm-hmm. hurt, whether it's pastors, ministry workers, missionaries, right down to the person that's in the pew. We have a real crisis in our modern church of a lack of friendship. We talk a good game about community, but far too many people that I talk to who are hurt and bitter and angry against the church mm-hmm. is when they were going through the crisis, all of a sudden they had a pile of acquaintances, but they didn't have any real friends who could do the things that Steve talked about. Because no matter how much you're the victim, there are still things you do wrong. Yep. And no matter how hard, how much you've done wrong, you have been victimized. That is true because sin's in the world, Mm -hmm. okay? And so one of the things I really want to challenge from the pastor to the Christian to the ministry worker to the lay person, and I hate using that word, but real friends tell you what you need to hear, not always what you want to hear. But real friends don't bail on each other. And that's what you got to work through. And again, again, I'm sorry, guys. I just love my Bible. I mean, Paul, who, who, I mean, how do we match the guy? The guy... It went through so many things, but I love it. His last will and testament, which is Second Timothy. So shortly removed from here, he's going to lay down his life. He is called the apostle to the Gentiles. The guy spoke in tongues more than anybody, did miracles like few ever did. Mm-hmm. God used him in so many mighty ways. So many churches were planted. So many people look up to him. Mm-hmm. And yet he says at his last will and testament to Timothy, at my first defense, no one came to stand by me, but all deserted me. Now, is that not the definition of church hurt? This is a guy that had given his life Hmm. for 20 to 30 years to the church. And when it came down to him standing up on trial for his faith, nobody went to say, I can vouch for him. And then watch this. May it not be charged against them. Now, is he just some noble guy? No, but the Lord stood by me and strengthened me so that through the, through me, the message might be fully proclaimed and all the Gentiles might hear it. So I can tell you one of the greatest traumatic experiences in my life was my first ministry as a youth pastor and the church split. And I sided with the group that I felt was right, but not with the group in power. And I was kicked out of a parsonage with 10 days of notice with a four-week-old child, and my life was turned upside down. And I got angry, and I got bitter, and then God was working and moving to call me back into ministry, but things weren't going exactly the way I wanted, and I was still angry. I was bringing all that hurt and that anger and that lack of forgiveness and that frustration, but God gave me a friend. And when I was whining and complaining to him, he looked me in the face and he said, stop, Why won't you finally get honest? You are not upset at church. You're not upset at pastors or people. You're upset at God because your life hasn't gone the way you wanted it to go. Hmm. And I'm telling you, that was what I needed to hear. That did not mean that people didn't fail me or hurt me. They had. What it made me see was that 
I could finally, for the first time in my young 20s, mm-hmm. feel a little bit of Joseph. What they meant for evil, God will use for good. Yeah. And I got closer to God in the midst of that. And if I could give any advice to all these young pastors out there, and in this society, COVID and all of the junk that social media and everything's going on, realize your hero needs to be Jesus, not a denomination, mm-hmm. not a church, not a not a position, not successes we do, and not even yourself. You're a lousy hero to yourself. And so if you want to overcome church hurt, bring it to the one that was hurt for you and realize he will walk every step of the journey. Amen. Well, guys, I think that's a great conversation. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, if you're listening and you've experienced your own hurt, um, then I encourage you to, one, go, go to Scripture, go, go to God, Go 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 to Jesus and just bear your pains before Him. Mm. Uh, but then also f- surround your people, surround yourself with people that you can trust. Yeah. Like, like like Steve said, who will even point out your own wrongs, your own faults. Who will be honest with you in a loving way. And if you need counseling, get counseling. But go to, go to God. Don't miss that part. Yeah. So uh, I hope you've enjoyed this episode and. Uh, Catch us again next I, time. I would say, Adam, though, yep. as we're going, if if there's anybody out there, mm-hmm. I hope they will go. If they need, if they have got questions, they need prayer, they need encouragement, they want to know about any of these resources or something, please reach out to us at mile1mission.ca. Yeah. Like, don't suffer in isolation. Don't allow this root of bitterness to build in you. Don't be paralyzed and a prisoner to your mm-hmm. hurt. See the hope of the gospel. And if need be, reach out. Reach out, and we would gladly return any email, any young pastor out there that's struggling. You know, I don't want to just be four dudes that pontificate and talk about stuff in the sterileness of a podcast room. For real people out there facing real hurt, you know, you are loved by Jesus Christ, but there are people who love you. Mm -hmm. The church is a collection of messed up, motley people. My favorite, Jesus didn't come to make bad people good. He made to come... He came to make dead people alive. Mm. Amen. And that is a eternal process of trans- transformation. And so just don't suffer out there by yourself. Satan loves that. So reach out. So on that note, hope you enjoyed this. Hope you're encouraged. Catch us again next week. You have been listening to Rugged Theology. Rugged Theology is a podcast of Mile One Mission. If you'd like to know more about Mile One Mission and our work in Newfoundland, please visit us at www.mileonemission.ca.